Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where once a week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Candycorn Heron. I'm Jeff Christmastime Kowalski. I'm Louisa, uh, reality gem Heron. <laughs> what? I we were doing a thing. I struggled so hard. <laughs> you should have done New Year's Baby. <laughs> I know, yeah, no thank that's you. that's her, the New Year's Baby. No. Yeah, Almost. the old... How come we see so much of New Year's Baby, but old man New Year's is, like, falling out of favor? He gets uh, swallowed up by that Christmas creep is the problem. Yeah. You're supposed to care mm-hmm. about him. You're supposed <laughs> to care about him at the end of the previous year. Have you personified uh, the idea of Christmas moving earlier in the year to a character named the Christmas Creep? <laughs> We've already talked about this. Have we? Does he have a red and yeah. green trench coat <laughs> that he jerks off under in the park? We talked about him last year, I think, where he said he was a Grinch-like character. <laughs> he's just well, is the Grinch, but he's yeah. you know doing that horrible thing Matt just said. <laughs> yeah. He's extremely into those Japanese body pillows. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Oh <laughs> uh, Christ! But yeah, you can't why is talk that about... enough of that? We were joking. We were telling no jokes. more jokes. Yeah, uh, jokes. We don't do those on this show. You can't. We're not allowed to do jokes. You can't truly celebrate the death of Old Man uh, 2019 because you're still thinking about that current year's Christmas. That's the problem. Yeah, but then you got a whole week. Yeah, but everyone's so tired. I mean, listen, the New Year's baby and the old man New Year's both have one day. They share one day that we actually give a shit. And they both die on that day. I thought they changed hands. They passed off the baton at midnight on the 31st. Yeah. So, like, that's the only time... That one second is the only time of the year we give a shit about either. (laughs) Okay, so... And then old man New New Year's dies. Old man old year dies. So, okay... (laughs) 11.59 11.59 and 59 seconds at the end of the year. Old old man, uh, old year. <laughs> what is... That's right. Father yeah, time. Old, man, old year rushes into your New Year's party nude, <laughs> panting out of breath. Oh god, Stop, god, we god. have to go back. <laughs> They're coming for me. <laughs> They're coming for me, I gotta get rid of this. And then he hands off the, uh, the baton to the youngest person in the room. Uh, a newborn baby who's being born at... Uh, zero 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 on January first. Oh, I don't like this party. <laughs> I love this. Actually. It's a the weird party. Is, the thing is, New Year's parties suck, and we all agree. And the reason that they suck is because there's not really anything to do other than at midnight. No, yeah. you and, like, get drunk. And- I love the idea of this ritual that at eleven p.m. suddenly. <laughs> One person becomes old man, old you, and if they don't get rid of the the baton that they've been given at exactly midnight to the youngest person in the room, which they're not allowed to ask, they have to just guess, they drop dead. All right, Matt, you need to, with your uh, interest in making games, you need to make a uh, werewolf-style game where someone Mm. has to be old man, old year. Oh my god, every time we say it, I lose my goddamn mind. It's a great name. Christ. Uh, so do this is what I'm saying? You're not enthusiastic as I thought you would be. Uh, no, I'm into it. I'm trying to decide, like, what... The problem is that there's only actually one event that takes place in this game, and that's not great. Hmm. What if you traveled through time, <laughs> destroying years as you went? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I, I like this, but I don't see how it's a game. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, really? I thought you'd have more than that. <laughs> Did you? Did you think that, though? I hoped. I feel like Louisa does the the strategy of jokes where she just says some bullshit and hopes somebody else comes in with a punchline. I I run into the room with my baton, out of breath, and I try to hand it off as fast as I possibly can. Oh, pretty good. 
Yep. <clears throat> I mean, you could do it like a hot potato, where it's just like whoever you, you put has sour the cream on it and then you eat it. Yes, and <laughs> whoever is holding the baton at midnight has to put on a diaper or whatever. Ew! What? No, this is. I don't like the time. I don't like this party anymore. No. Uh, Matt, what did you do this week that helped you forget about that horrible thing you just said? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it's very exciting that now is the time of year when Christmas foods are starting to appear in the grocery store. Mm. And so I had uh, a rib roast for dinner this week, which is so good. I went to the grocery store And I also have been drinking eggnog, which is also so good. I tried to get a rib roast on Thursday. They didn't have any yet. Oh, I was so mad. Oh, really? Yes. They have them at my regular grocery store right Damn now, it. and they're not terribly expensive, and I, I got know. one that's just like a two-person one for like $25 or something. It's pretty good. Damn it. Yep. I also got a thing of Nog, and I've been using it as my coffee creamer. Yeah, man, you forget how thick it is every yep. year. You're like, this is going to be normal milk consistency, but it ain't. Nope, it's like putting heavy cream into your coffee, which is amazing. It's like putting pancake batter into your coffee. <laughs> uh, except it does say on the top, use within seven days of opening, so I am just going to have to drink the rest of it, because I did not notice that when I bought it. Here's the thing, though. Put some booze in there, and you'll disinfect it right up. Right, but yep. I do, in fact, have to uh, go to work after I drink coffee, for the most part. No, what what you do is, before work, you put eggnog in your coffee. After work, you put rum in your eggnog. Yeah. And then, and then you... Uh, shake the whole thing up. How does lime in the coconut go? (laughs) (laughs) And then the rum will evaporate Uh, overnight. You shake it all about. (laughs) Yes, that's what it's all about, Jeff. We figured out what it's all about. Put your eggnog in and you take your eggnog out. Christ. (laughs) This is nothing. I I do think, yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to move on. I think the eggnog is We all are, after this tragedy. (laughs) Shut up, Jeff. Shut up, come back and move on. I do think eggnog is kind of a struggle to get through for everyone, even mm-hmm. though it comes in those little cartons. It's still, mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff to get through. And like yeah. me, realistically, I probably need about like one part rum to two parts eggnog at most. Need. You and need so, this. What? Jeff, stop just saying random words and things. I'm trying to say, I'm trying to talk about something. <laughs> What is need? I said need. You said you need this amount of eggnog, oh. and I was making fun of you, and you acted like it was a non sequitur. I got. Well, it. I thought you were yelling the word need no. over me talking about eggnog. Why would I, I do that? I don't. You do that all the time. I don't. Yeah. You just but can't I, hear. I understood what both of you were saying. I was just watching you set this house on fire. Uh. <laughs> anyway, no, you need that. That alcohol to cut the creaminess of it, or else it's yeah. just so thick. Yeah. I like to have, nice like, two maybe C's. two ounces in a big glass of just 2% milk. That's good for me. That's like a chocolate that's, milk, but it's an eggnog milk. That's crazy, though, because that's like saying, okay, I need to, like, dilute this whiskey, so I'm gonna pour some gin in it. <laughs> like, just put water in it. That's a way better way to dilute it. Not hold for, on. <laughs> for eggnog. Yeah, hold eggnog. on. Hold on. You're <laughs> putting water apart. in your eggnog? <laughs> No, no. Here's the thing, though. It's only, it's only 2% milk. That's practically water. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I often think about how, like, psychically damaging it is to think about putting just water on breakfast cereal, even though <laughs> yeah. milk, yes. like, skim milk is not that far off. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Ugh. <laughs> 
when people talk about making like quote unquote traditional porridge with just water, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't think about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stop talking. You're, you're unleashing the unknowable horrors <laughs> that I've been tr- spending my whole life avoiding thinking about. <laughs> Oh no, no, I'm thinking of other liquids. Uh, what if oh you made god, which ones? What if you made cream of wheat with beef stock in it? <laughs> Wait, oh. hold on, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> that's just porridge. That's just yeah, actually, that's, that's, gruel. Not, that's not far off from what grits are, really, is it? <laughs> yeah, or like, what are those... Th- do you know about the whole, like, hot pot culture in Japan? Mongolia? Yeah, I really only know... Nope. I know Mongolian hot pot, that's it. So they do, in in Japan, they have this thing where, like, I guess it's like a, a, the equivalent of a fondue party, where you get a hot, like, stone bowl and, like, everyone brings things to cook in it. And then at the end of the night, you pour either rice or porridge into the bowl and, like, it absorbs the flavors of all the things you cooked in it and then you eat that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's probably yeah. pretty good. It does sound yeah. good. So, put some cream of wheat in there. I don't remember why I started talking about that, but it sounds like a good party. Because you can put cream of wheat in there, is what you were trying to say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, porridge and cream of wheat aren't that far off. True. There's that Scottish porridge, which you make with, I don't even know what liquid, probably water, and then salted butter and uh, kippers. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, if you don't put sugar in it, it's not actually sweet. I guess so. I was thinking earlier this morning about, like, how everything in Victorian England, instead of using uh, mineral oils, used goose grease to do things. <laughs> yes. And now, all I could, when you said butter, all I could think of was replacing that with goose grease. <laughs> that might be pretty good, huh? Duck fat is it amazing. Is, uh, I've cooked geese, like, twice in my life, and that fat is so good. Mm. You know that annoying thing where people are like, oh, breakfast cereal is a soup. Oh, yeah. It's actually a uh, cold gruel. Yeah, but okay. isn't that a soup? Nope. Oh, yeah. It is, though. No! What? <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Because it's too yeah. thick. Like mm. potato soup? Oh, burn. It's potato soup, like, no, thicker than that. It's like solid matter. It's not liquid. There's chunks in potato soup. This... It's not. You eat it with a spoon. Yeah, but the... You don't cut it with a knife. Oh, you, you're talking about breakfast cereal still. I was ta- I was switching back over to gruel, which is usually yeah, like you eat gruel with a spoon. Right. You don't eat it. You don't cut it with a knife. You eat plenty of solid foods with a spoon. No, I don't. Mashed potatoes. I use a fork. Uh, I've a never dot. eaten mashed potatoes with a spoon because that's something a crazy person does. What? Use a fork. Why would you eat mashed potatoes with a spoon? You eat it with a fork. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Are what you do you have me? to stab with it? Wait. Are you telling me that when you go out to a restaurant and you get your meal and it has, like, roast beef and mashed potatoes on the plate, you're like, excuse me, I need a spoon to eat No, this. but if I was eating only mashed potatoes, I would get a spoon. Why? <laughs> why would you eat why would mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes? <laughs> what do you mean, why would I eat only mashed potatoes? Because I like to treat myself. <laughs> like, oh, no! You've never thing. sat down and just, uh, like, you've never made mashed potatoes just, like, eaten them. No! <laughs> no. Have you ever drunk just a cup of chicken stock, hot chicken stock? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, yes. that's horrible. <laughs> See, Louise is the monster now. I'm deflecting. <laughs> Thank you. Um, maybe breakfast cereal is a porridge, actually. Uh, yeah, porridge is also a soup, though. No, it's yeah. too thick. I wouldn't say breakfast cereal is a porridge unless you really mush down all the pieces, and that's a gross thought. Mm, yeah. I think that... 
I think that if you scooped it up in a spoon and then tilted the spoon 45 degrees and the stuff runs out, it's a soup. Uh, what if it gloops mm. out like oatmeal? Still counts yeah. as a soup. Mm, yeah. I would not call oatmeal a soup. I think that's awful. I wouldn't you even say oatmeal is liquid. Well, oatmeal is a but stew. Oatmeal then. is the same. Oatmeal is a oatmeal stew. Oatmeal is sort of. Sorry. It's a stew. It's a paste. It's a paste <laughs> yeah, that stew you is eat. It's a kind of soup. Yeah, I know. I'm agreeing with you. Mm, yeah. No, oatmeal is a paste. It's not a stew, and I'm therefore to find not a soup. M- missing link between oatmeal and soup for Jeff, and I'm saying it's stew. But like clam chowder is sort of the same consistency as oatmeal sometimes. Chowder just means fish soup. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. It's right. It's never. All it's soup. never the density of oatmeal. No way. Uh, I think it is. Or like barley soup. Do you just eat your oatmeal really thin? No. no, but I mean, sometimes it is thin. Mm. Yeah, that's not so really good, though. Maybe it's some oatmeals are soups, but the way I eat it, it's not. <laughs> well, again, I cake. feel like your oatmeal is a soup if when you tilt your spoon, it would fall out. But, like, there is oatmeal that when you take a scoop, the the shape of the scoop stays <laughs> in the oatmeal. Yeah, that's, that's the consistency that's I want. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's a- I'm not saying that's not good, but that... That ain't soup. That, but you, <laughs> that, at that point, it's a bread pudding. Yeah, if you can't do the blizzard uh, Dairy Queen test <laughs> and flip, yeah. flip over your bowl, bowl of oatmeal. oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just pour hot soup on your head every time before you eat it. Yep, this Wait, is Wait, why do you have to pour it on your head? Imagine you thinking of the drinking game rules. <laughs> I'm thinking of the thing you do to tell if your meringue is uh, whipped enough where you hold the bowl over your head. Uh, is that just to keep your yourself head. accountable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just it's to make good t- reality TV, I think. If I don't trust myself to flip this over on top of my head, then I don't trust myself that it's done enough. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty good. Well, otherwise, there. I mean, I watched some Nailed It this week. Ooh, maybe that's what I'll talk about that I did. <laughs> oh, yeah, we still <laughs> hadn't started. started. No, we did start. Matt said food. It was all about food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we started with me. Well, never mind, we can forget about it. You me. can talk anyway, about it if you want to. Who cares? There's no I, rules. I watched some Nailed It this week, mm-hmm. and uh, it's they do, like, a holiday season Nailed It, which is a very... If you guys have, haven't watched Nailed It, you really should, except for Louisa, because it would make you furious as we <laughs> okay, talked about so it. Okay, so half before. of us. Yeah, watch but it. Um, they, it consistently <laughs> does the thing where somebody comes on and they're like, I think I'm a... Br- pretty good baker, and I think I'm gonna do really well, and then immediately cuts to them looking at the recipe like, mm, I don't think I need to measure all these things. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I feel like those are the kind of people who'd be like, okay, now it says okay, whip your meringue and then hold it over your head to see if it's done, okay, and then just dump it all off their head. Yeah. Because they don't, bot- like, so often people are like, well, it says in the recipe that it's supposed to be a thick paste. This is definitely, like, a thin gruel, but I'm sure that's fine. It's not fine, you guys. They would not follow the direction of dumping it over their head if they're not measuring things. That's true. Oh, man. That does make me angry. When people are like, well, I'm supposed to pipe this out according to the recipe, but it is literally the consistency of a milkshake. Well, I guess I'll try. And then it just spreads all over a plate. What are you doing? Obviously, it's no good. Oh, man. I don't know anything about meringue. Well, anything. Other th- Any kind of dough or the, anything. Uh, 
the other thing that I think is funny about uh, Nailed It is the fact that they're always like, here's this three-tiered, in- intricately de- decorated cake in the shape of a teddy bear, and it looks like an actual teddy bear. It's, like, perfectly done. It took us seven hours to do it backstage. You've got two hours. Go ahead. <laughs> like, yeah. it, no, even the professional judges couldn't do it, so... I know that you want people to fail because that's the purpose of your show, but also that's sad. Yeah, mm. that, yes, agreed. That bums me out a little. You don't bit. need to. You don't need to make people fail. They will fail on their own. It bums me out a little bit on Great British Bake Off where they do the technical challenge and the, they're just told to combine the ingredients and bake. Like no actual recipe is gonna not even give you a time on how long to bake it. You know? Well, yeah, but isn't it isn't it testing their baker's instincts yeah, exactly. so they can be like, well, the only way that you would ever add butter to flour to make this thing is by rubbing it in or whatever. That's true, but there's a lot of things that aren't intuitive. Like, mm-hmm. you cook certain types of cookies for 20 minutes, and you cook certain other types of cookies for 2 minutes, and uh, there's a lot of in-between there. That's why they're always laying on the floor drinking tea and <laughs> talking about the queen. That's true. <laughs> I um I like that part of the show because it feels like they're specifically pranking the players, <laughs> the competitors. Yeah. Um, also, it makes all the recipes feel like medieval recipes, where they're just like, put in one scoop of... A goodly amount of sugar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some milk, a flagon of water. <laughs> like, okay, what is that? I re- Take the bowl that you wash your face in every day and fill it with milk. <laughs> one cup's worth. And you're like, what size cup? Well, they don't know. And cup's worth is one word in, in the recipe. <laughs> yeah, cup's worth is actually the name of his manservant. <laughs> yeah, he weighs about 140 pounds. He weighs 12 stone, whatever that means. <laughs> no, I know uh, this. Stone is 14 pounds. Let's see. How many pounds yeah, is stone? Uh, 168. That's not bad. That's an know, average weight. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. I like how many <laughs> medieval recipes will call for ambergris, and then in modern uh, parlance and interpretations, they're like, um, don't, <laughs> don't bother trying to find any substitute for this because it's mm-hmm. poisonous and expensive, and <laughs> you shouldn't put it in your food. But also, like, they didn't need it at all. <laughs> like, it's called for in recipes, and you yeah. just don't need it. I would just put in some toilet cleaner. <laughs> I think. What? Why? Why? Why did they use it? Yeah, good question. Why I'm they- reading what ambergris is now, and why would anyone put this in food? <laughs> I guess as a flavoring, but I don't understand how it's worth it. was it. a whaling culture, you guys. <laughs> Freshly- <laughs> how much this- whale oil is in this soup? <laughs> <laughs> this sentence makes me not want to do it, ever. Huh? Freshly produced ambergris has a marine fecal odor. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, it acquires a sweet, earthy scent as yeah. it ages, commonly likened to the fragrance of rubbing alcohol. Yes. What? You're supposed to, in, when you were cooking with it, or making perfumes with it, which they still do, but when you were cooking with it, you're supposed to have an aged chunk that you would then, like, grate with a grater. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. So well. it would have an earthy, sweet taste, I guess, but who cares? Like, it's not worth it. Yeah, this Are we sucks. still talking about candy corn, you guys? Ha! <laughs> 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 got him. Friggin' got him. Uh, Louisa, what did you do All this right. week? Oh, okay. Jeff is taking control. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you were gonna. I don't recognize Jeff's authority. 
Okay. Hey, Jeff, what did you do this week? Ooh, you got me. Ah, burn. Uh, So this week, a Mario Maker update came out, and I played a little bit of that last night. Um, This update adds a couple parts to the game. It adds Spike, who's that little green guy that vomits the spiky balls. Oh, yeah, the guy from Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, uh, and he's like, ugh, I'm the Cowboy Bebop. That's, that's, that's what he says. <laughs> um, uh, it adds uh, P blocks. Like, if you hit a P switch, it makes blocks <laughs> oh, appear. God. Yeah, it adds piss blocks. Um, oh, you should see a doctor if your piss is blocked. Just the no, letter P. Uh, not the whole. It adds uh, speed runs on Nintendo levels, and it adds uh, an item for the 8 bit, the uh, Super Mario Bros. Play style, uh, the Master Sword, which turns you into Link. Oh, okay. and you get to use uh, so many different abilities. You have his sword, of course. Uh, you have his bow and arrow, his bombs. You get his down thrust. Like if you jump in the air and push down, he does his sword down, like he does in Zelda Two mm-hmm. and Smash Brothers. Um, and you can do the Pegasus Boots run, like in Link's Awakening. I was gonna say, really, if you're gonna have him be Link, he shouldn't be allowed to jump anymore. That would be funny, but no, he can, (laughs) in fact, jump still. Um, but it opens so many more puzzle-solving capabilities, because those bombs blow up all the same things as any other explosives in the game, which is, like, certain blocks, and they can activate switches and kill enemies and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you play? Do you often play like Stranger Made levels when you play that game? Uh, most of the time, when I do, I play Stranger Made levels because I finished the story mode. Are they not insufferable? Uh, some of them are kind of dorky, but if you go to the ones that are like popular or highly rated, then you'll find the good ones. Hmm, that's okay. good. You can I find, find them the- by rankings. I find that often when the internet is involved, if you're looking at rankings, there's enough people who think it's funny to troll other people by ranking something terrible highly that it makes the whole system bad. Uh, the community in this game <laughs> is pretty dedicated to obsessive nerd garbage as far as this uh game goes, so they'll be like, oh, if this is a troll level, we're, we hate it. That's good. That's good. I mean, I hate it. I I like Mario Maker a lot. I also just bought um, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which is the most unwieldy title a video game has ever had. I'm consistently shocked at considering that Nintendo is such a good video game making company how are they so bad at naming video games still <laughs> and after so long and, like that whole era from the Wii to the Wii U was like Jesus Christ guys you're yeah. like they revealed the reason nobody bought the Wii U is because they thought it was just an add-on for the Wii because they called it Wii U and they were like here's the controller for our new system yeah and every yeah. time I hear about a game from it still I'm like in what way is this university themed? And then I forget. Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah, and like, I was watching a video about um, old Nintendo systems, and I forgot about how in the early days of the Nintendo DS, they made every game have the letters DS in the title oh, yeah. somehow. Yeah. Stop it! You can't! You shouldn't! I liked when it was more sly, like, the sequel to Castlevania Aria of Sorrow was Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow on the DS. It's still <laughs> incredibly stupid. Uh, but I like that a little bit. Yeah, that's okay. It- it's fine, but you, it's like, it's not that it's bad because it made bad names. It's bad because you 
that's just not what you do. It's not like when movies started being available at home, they were like, oh, now you need to title all of your movies with the letters VHS in there somewhere. Like, hmm. that's just the platform. We don't want to think about it when we think about the games. Uh, there are three movies titled VHS, though. <laughs> Are they all? <laughs> do they all come out in time to be available on VHS? Uh, no, they are all from well, the bullshit. late two thousands. That is some bullshit. Yep, uh, they were like throwbacks to old horror movies. I think the idea was they were filmed on like VHS cameras. Then they should be available on VHS. Yep. The full titles of them are actually VHS BR because they have to put BR in there because they're available on Blu-ray. Mm, yep. Uh, I think the last major motion picture released on VHS was A History of Violence. I this is a weird trivia fact that I for some reason uh, know because I like I get curious about those things because I'm weird. Mm. I, um, I think about weird all. things, you guys. <laughs> yeah, a little twisted. <laughs> it yeah, I've, we live in a society. Uh, it's a David Cronenberg movie from 2005. Is this so, the one with Michael Douglas is- going nuts? All I'm saying is, if you were an independent movie maker nowadays, and you just released your movie on VHS as well as DVD just to take that title away from A History of Violence, I that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that... Uh, oh, okay, I did ahead. a little bit of... Okay, I just said, is this the one where Michael Douglas goes nuts? No. And no one heard me or listened That's to me. falling so down. I googled it, and I said, the movie... Michael Douglas movie where and autocomplete had where he goes crazy <laughs> and then uh-huh. the result is falling down yes <laughs> yeah and that movie came out in 1993 so the internet is good actually I think <laughs> yeah. I love when you type half a question that you had in your head and you're like there's no way this will be results and it autocompletes after like two words yeah it's tough though if you if you're trying to look up something maybe in another language that you're not that familiar with you're like what's the title of this Japanese movie and you start typing you're like I think this is the first word and it doesn't give you that autocomplete you're like oh shit I fucked it up so bad it's not even helping me out here I have to go back and look at it again yeah I have that like swipe keyboard on my phone as most people do mm-hmm. and I I will I get so used to using it that I forget that when I'm saying something that's specific to my life that the phone would have no reason to <laughs> yeah. understand I'm like oh yeah like i can't just swipe the name of the gym leaders in pokemon and expect my phone to know what that means Uh, or when you're like oh shit what was my friend's last name again i don't remember like there's no way for you to find out it was mike something mike help me out google and google can't help you how have we not figured out as a society a good way to like when you're watching a commercial just know what that song is yeah, they had a thing with smart TVs when those first came out. They're like, it's going to have a thing in the corners. You're going to click if you want to find out more, and it's going to tell you that song. And they did a little bit for a little while. Folks, yeah. just get the Shazam app on your... It, it doesn't, doesn't work, work for, like... It doesn't oh, work for dialogue older songs over it and too? non-vocal songs mm. very well. Yeah, it sure doesn't. Yeah, I've used it, like, on movie trailers, but sometimes it's just, like, a remix. <laughs> like, oh, I want to know who's doing this uh, sad, mournful cover of an 80s pop song for this trailer. <laughs> the thing is, if it's got vocals, of course I can find it. I don't need fucking Shazam. I just type the lyrics into Google, done. Mm, that's how the I used to do it. The thing that I really get it for is, like, fucking John Philip Sousa marches or whatever. <laughs> and that's the thing it doesn't oh, work you're, on. We're watching Monty Python's Flying Circus. <laughs> Yes. I know what I'm watching, Jeff. I'm trying to figure out the song. 
good I bits, everyone. That song. It would be a good call if I could uh, tell you, but I don't remember anymore. Yep, no one cares. <laughs> cool. But it was a good joke, and that's all that matters. Yep. Thank uh, you, Louisa. Thank you, that means a lot. Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, this week I saw... Uh, Avengers Infinity War Endgame. Is that the official title? Nope. All three parts? Just Endgame. Well, somebody, it was Matt, got real shitty about me just calling it Endgame. So <laughs> No, no, sorry. Parts. I mean, it's Avengers Endgame. It's not Avengers Oh, okay. Infinity. So when I said Endgame, you had no idea what I was talking about. If I said Avengers Endgame, I... you would have been fine? Yes, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> so you, That's the full name of the you movie. You were like a Shazam, where you can't just put in part of it. You have to put yeah. in the whole thing. I'm not going to respond. In a lot of ways, people think of me as like Shazam. I'm not going to respond unless you call it Disney's Marvel's Avengers <laughs> Assemble Endgame. Um, that movie is way too long. <laughs> it's three hours long. It has 500 characters in it. Yep. I watched it for an hour and a half the first day, and I was like, I'm going to have to take a break, and there was an hour and a half left. It is weird how both the Infinity War and Endgame movies... Um, have like padding in them <laughs> where yeah. you're watching it you're like you didn't need to do this i yeah. think i think they kind of did though because if it was just like if you took the padding out and made the movie like 20 minutes shorter but it was all explosions <laughs> you might have a heart attack yeah no i mean i agree with that but i mean i i'm more familiar with infinity war because i've seen it more times so this is what i'm going to say but like the whole thing where they arrive at the weird forge at the end of the universe and then they're talking to sad um what's his face from Game of Thrones? Peter oh, Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yeah. Peter Dinklage, thank you, as a giant. And then they're like scrambling around and then they're holding open a gate so that the laser sun can blow up an axe <laughs> so that he can use it or whatever. Like, that's kinda cool, I guess, but you didn't need any of uh, it. I kinda you liked it because like, he shows up at the forge and there's an axe there. The end. Yeah. <laughs> gets you to the same plot place, and you could have saved 40 minutes of that four-hour movie. <laughs> I liked getting to see Peter Dinklage walk around and be like, oh no, Thanos melted my hands. And like, really hamming it up because he's a very bad actor. Yes. <laughs> uh, I wanted to say, uh, I think you're right, Matt, and they it's so long because they have to try to do a little bit of story for all the characters, and there's way too many characters at that point. Yes. Um, but it did make any moment where, like, someone's looking out a window and another character comes up to talk to them, like, to have a little human moment for a second where they discuss what they're worried about. Like, any time that happened, you're like, come on, come on, you have to get back to the action, what are you doing? The clock is ticking. <laughs> I also think it's very weird in that movie that they did a thing... This is going to be minor spoilers, probably for the next couple minutes, so skip ahead if you haven't seen it. Um, They did a thing where there's an extremely drawn-out back-and-forth scene where they're trying to decide which of two characters will die, and it's the two characters that people care the least about. (laughs) I don't give a shit about either of these guys. They could both die. I don't care. Yeah, of course I don't care. There was that, like, fake-out, and oh no, this one's tricked this one, now this one's gonna die. They could have done that once. They did not need to do that, like, four times. Yeah, they didn't even need to do it once. I wanted them both dead. I hate those yeah. characters. I think they that that scene... arms and both died. Yeah, that scene was fun to me because everybody knew at least one of those characters was definitely going to die because one is useless and the other is very famous and expensive. Yeah. 
<sighs> that was pretty crazy because at the end it really highlights. Um, I, you did mention that there were going to be spoilers, so it is uh, Black Widow who dies, and then at the end you see Hawkeye with his family, and you're like, he didn't need to be there for them anymore. Like <laughs> he was completely expendable. People still cared they about her. Were. Well, sure, but like uh, Bruce Banner really loved uh, Black Widow, right? Yeah, yeah. sorta. I think so, that like who loves should've... Hawkeye? Nobody. Linda Cardellini can do better. They should have just never introduced That's Hawkeye's true. family, and then we wouldn't have cared about yeah. him dying. <laughs> exactly. And, oh, man, when he when his family got disappeared, and then he did his midlife crisis where he just goes and kills people and gets a mohawk and a bunch <laughs> of tattoos. He just goes and murders Fuck a bunch off. of Japanese people. <laughs> Fuck off with that. And then he's supposed to, at the end, it's supposed to be like, yeah, we understand. You just had a midlife crisis. It's okay. Like, no, it's not okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hey, where you been? I don't know. Just murdering the whole yakuza. Like what? I don't know. Half of half of all people turned into dust, and there's still like cr- organized crime to worry about. Yeah. What? I mean, there would be way more organized crime to worry about if that really did. Happen. If society collapses to that degree, it's not organized crime anymore. It's just organized. It's just society. It's just a government. Yeah. It's just yeah. called having a. a structure to your society at all. That scene yeah. was extra disappointing because that uh, older Japanese man actor, um, I don't know his name, but I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He was in Lost for a while. I really like him, and I was like, oh, he's joining the cast in some way, but he sure didn't. He got killed. I, I still don't really understand like, I understand that Hawkeye, I guess, was trained very well. I guess. But the Yakuza probably also is pretty good at swords. <laughs> like, you're telling me none of those guys are, are even one-tenth as good as Hawkeye at fighting with swords? Why? Yeah, why did He's he- He's not a superhero, he doesn't have powers! Why did he switch to swords? <laughs> like, your whole yeah. thing is how as supernaturally good you are at bows and arrows for no reason. I mean, I get that it's a reference to the comics and that there is, like, a whole yeah. arc of him, like, giving up the bow and stuff in the comics, but you, you didn't do that in your movie, <laughs> so you can't do that. You're not allowed. Yeah. So it was a very weird movie, and uh, I mentioned this on social media, but the only way I knew it was really going to end was that the amount of time that had elapsed meant that this was the end of the movie, because... <laughs> At every, there's many moments in the movie where they're like, okay, we're going to do it now, this time. This is the big battle. We got the bad guy. Oh, no, the bad guy came back. And he got us. Oh, no, we got the bad guy again. Like, over and over and over. There was no battle, even the final one, that felt like it was the final battle. Yeah. So Yeah, that, that final battle is crazy because, A, it's way too long. And, B, like you said, like, there are so many moments in it where you're just like, this character? Why? Yeah. You didn't have to. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so now, again, spoiler alert, uh, now uh, Iron Man has the gauntlet and he does the snap and I guess he gets rid of everybody. So that's probably the end. And then is he going to die? I guess so, but he might not because the movie hasn't set it up like it's definite, but I guess it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that was most upsetting to me was that they did that whole extremely long and tortured setup of like, all the women of Marvel getting together to fight, yeah. and then it doesn't matter, and doesn't nothing happens yeah. because of it. Like yeah. they're all like, "We're a team now. We're going to work together." Captain Marvel, you're the strongest person here. Are you going to do anything? No. Yeah. 
like literally nothing changes because of this. Great. You're gonna be transported for this, this glove. And also I don't remember why she was transporting it from wherever it was to wherever it had to go to. Yeah, there's <laughs> so much time in that of just like people carrying that glove around to an unspecified location <laughs> for no reason. Like just Spider-Man, put on that glove. You're probably gonna die any second anyway. You might as well try. For a moment when all those portals started opening and Doctor Strange brought people from everywhere, all I could think of was the meme of that person on that message board being like, well, uh, guys, bring it all in. It's Suddenly th- every character from every fandom <laughs> comes in with everything for a big party. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that good post. I think it was for his 31st birthday, too. Yeah, I think that's true. Christ. Um, I, I thought that portal scene was very overwhelming. Like, I couldn't keep track of who was there. I found yeah. out later Howard the Duck was back there. <laughs> Cool. And also, you see, when when it zooms out and you see a lot of the really big portals from far away, you see the army from uh, Wakanda, and then you see a bunch of other armies, and I'm like, shit, am I supposed to know who these armies are or where they're coming from? Um, the Guardians of the <laughs> Galaxy, I guess. The uh, Ravagers. No, there was there were uh, in formation, like proper oh, the, army formation. The Valkyries. Army. There were like three it's the or Wakanda four army again, but from a different time period. <laughs> yeah, it's the Wakanda army from the future, where they have flying horses. <laughs> yep. I feel like you can't say the Wakanda army for the future because they're already super futuristic at, right now. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <sighs> if anything, they're the Wakanda army from the past, from when they had flying horses before they went extinct. Yeah, a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> when they far, had far dinosaurs. away. Dinosaurs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ah, shit! They have rhinos. They kind of do ride dinosaurs already. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we're gonna do um, a wiki now, huh? Yeah. Wait, I, no, Jeff. What did you do this week? Did we do that? I, we, we did, did it. Jeff. What was God, it? I played Mario. Oh right, it was a game you, I didn't play. So I you, don't. how every single week <laughs> one of the two week. of you forgets <laughs> that the other one went every hey, week. Hey, how can you God, not remember? You that? forgot you this forgot week. Yourself this week. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you were already yourself is way it. more forgivable than forgetting <laughs> somebody. Else. No, it's not. <laughs> you are a bastard. Yes, it is. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, I pasted it into the chat. It is uh, is the Honor Harrington Universe wiki. What What now? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um. (laughs) Please tell me about it, for the love of God. Yes, I was trying to see if I could uh, figure anything out, but I can't, so I need to just jump in. There is a black background with stars on it, and it says, Welcome to the Honorverse wiki. Excuse me. An encyclopedia of David Weber's Honor Harrington universe, which includes books, reference materials, and games. They have uh, 10,060 articles. Uh, Everything can be edited. Uh, And then they have a whole menu of things. This is a pretty professionally set up uh, wiki, as some of them are not, because it has like little pictures for the categories and stuff. It seems like these are... So this is clearly based on a series of sci-fi novels with, I would say, a poor grasp of, uh, like, peerage, because the main character's name is Lady Dame Honor Stephanie Alexander Harrington. Uh Those... You can't... You can't... (laughs) Alexander Harrington, like from the musical. (laughs) Ah! You got it! Um, uh, if any of us knew any of the songs from Hamilton, we might be able to make a joke. If anyone knew any of those songs, I would get off this call immediately. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Hamilton. It's bad. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to it, and I don't want to. Yeah, it sucks eggs. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, I didn't know it was sci-fi, except there's a picture of a girl in, like, a spacesuit, and then at the bottom it's also connected to wikis for Dune, Ender's Game, Hitchhiker's Guide, etc., etc. Yeah. So... There's a category called Technology, which I'm clicking on now. I have never heard of this series. Have you guys heard of it or read it or anything? I have not heard of it ever. It looks like it started in the early 90s. Huh. I feel like one of us should have heard of it, but none of us have. Yeah. I think it might be because it's very bad. It seems very bad and stupid. Uh, is it like Ender's Game, you think, where it's got a dystopian future with some real problematic aspects? Mm, maybe. Um, let's click through. Let's look up. Uh, Matt, will you hey. please search David Weber Me Too like you usually do when we <laughs> oh, talk no. about Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Um, <laughs> uh, the first book was called On Basilisk, On Basilisk Station. Okay, so and it's, space stuff. Yeah, it's got this picture from Honor Harrington's character, uh, with the character page here. Um, oh no, apparently David Weber isn't me too at all, as far as I can tell, and instead is like a very outspoken communist who believes in the overthrow of the pro- of the uh, like rich people ruling class. So. Hell yes! All right, maybe we yeah, like David this Weber. Doing great. That rules. Uh, hmm. maybe we should read these books? <laughs> yeah, for once, we get a wiki about books and we should read them? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to. And here's why. <laughs> these covers are so ugly. <laughs> this is interesting, Matt, because often we get into a wiki and you're like, I should get involved with this in a big way. Mm-hmm. But this time, no. Yeah. Only because the covers of these books are hideously ugly, like some of the ugliest covers of books I've ever seen in my yeah, life. They are very, very bad, like side of a van airbrush. <laughs> yeah. They kind of remind me of stills from any modern video game of the type that are super popular that I would never play. Oh, to me, they look like the box art from a 90s FMV game. <laughs> To me, they look like the poster for a knockoff from of a Star Wars, but that came out in, like, 1994. Hmm. Uh, for the listener, they're just mostly the, I guess, the main character, I guess this would be Honor Harrington, just standing around in, like, a uh, one of those, like, what do you call them? A spacesuit, but it's, like, under armor, like, you don't have the spacesuit part on. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, just up against long underwear, different... I think that's what that's called. <laughs> yeah. It's got in the long guns, Up against different backgrounds. That's about it. Uh, the first book has her in her military outfit, her okay. Space Navy uniform. Um, what is this? <laughs> this cat seems to be very important also. This cat is in, like, every third book cover. Uh, I wish I could just oh, yeah. get... I wish I could just click on a thing that was like, hey, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What is the whole... What <laughs> that is should the... be required on every fandom Yeah, movie. what's the deal with this whole thing? Ah... <laughs> <Yep>. uh... <laughs> Actually, this book cover is extremely good. Hold on. I, yeah, I clicked on the character of Honor Harrington, and the picture here, which I hadn't seen before, uh, it looks like Minka Kelly. Like, it's one of those paintings where someone used a reference of a real person, I think. Yeah. And I think this is just Minka yeah. Kelly. Minka um, I put the, the link in the chat for the, the book cover for the book Storm from the Shadows, and it appears to be a person on, like, a Star Trek-style spaceship bridge flying around. On the view screen, there's an explosion <laughs> and a picture of Honor Harrington, like, from one of those oh, memorial God, videos, in memoriam, like, rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> and he's pointing at her like, that's the, that's the one. <laughs> That's the novels we're in. <laughs> yeah, they, well, this is actually, they're just watching the Space Oscars, and this is the In Memoriam segment <laughs> yeah. of the, oh, so the Oscars hollow, hollow feed. Yes. 
Clint Eastwood was right before her. He finally died in this distant future. Oh, finally. Mm. We got him. Uh, you don't need to click on that link, but that's the picture that I was talking about. Um, that was always weird to me when an <clears> artist <throat> just uses a actor's face and was like, are you allowed to do that, though? Like, I <sighs> can see this person is meant to be this uh, celebrity. Which actor did you say this looked like? Minka Kelly? I'm looking it up, because uh, I don't know who that is. I, um... I was, uh... I read the Star Wars comics a bunch, and one of the artists just literally, like, traces photos of actors, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, he's, to draw all the characters who are in the movies, very obviously just, like, tracing stills from the movies, but all of the, like, original characters, he's picking actors and, like, casting them in these roles. Yeah. And, like, using their likenesses, and it's very obviously supposed to be, like, that actor, and even the ones who I don't recognize, I'm like... I look it up later, and they're like, yeah, this is some uh, actor from, like, the country where this artist lives. This was um, when we did that one a few weeks ago about uh, wrestling, but it was all fan-made wrestlers. Uh, some of the pictures were just, like, a publicity shot of Ryan Reynolds. Like, oh, yeah. You can't really do that, though. That, <laughs> um... Good to do. That, that Pokemon fan and wiki that we did, one of the Pokemon, it was just, like, a picture of some other anime monster. Yeah. <laughs> Was, this is just a raccoon, you guys. Mm, yeah, that's not a Pokemon at all. I don't know why it got caught in a Pokeball. <laughs> Have we talked about how there's there are other animals that aren't Pokemon in the Pokemon universe? Like who? There must be. I mean, uh, Pidgey's Pokedex in the first game says that it eats worms. Yeah, and like... People have sausages. I think they even say pork sausages, and there's not a pig Pokemon. Mmm, Swinub. Yeah. Okay. But, like, we never see any Pokemon being raised for meat. Mm, what do you think all those Tauros and Miltank are doing on those ranches? <laughs> yeah, maybe. And what okay, about but... uh, Slowpoke Tales, which some of the games claim fall off, as if yes. that's true, and then people eat them as a delicacy. Uh, yeah. in Gold and Silver, the bad guys are the ones do, uh, they're poaching slowpokes for their tails. They're the bad guys. In the current game, it says, oh, they fall off. Oh, really? No, yeah, they, it does say that. I but didn't they, realize the, slowpoke tails were in the new one. They're lying. They're yeah, one you of can your make a slow curry poke ingredients. Curry. I see from your player card, Jeff, at least your old player card, that you have not made any curries, so. Oh, no, I've made a bunch of curries. I made Gigantamax curry, and it's very funny. <laughs> It's, like, enormous and has the little clouds on top of it. It's glowing pink. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that is a very good job. Um, I really love, not to talk about Pokemon again, but I really love when you make a curry and then you take a bite. You take a bite in slow-mo as your Pokemon watches nervously to make sure that you like it. <laughs> I think the implication is that your Pokemon is also taking a bite, but they didn't want to make an animation for that. Oh, I didn't think so. I thought they were just like, oh, is she going to like it? And then I do, and then they get happy. <laughs> I mean, even if that's not what it is, it's way funnier, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to believe. Oh man, there's so many more references to real animals in Pokemon than I thought there were. Um, the yellow birds, when your Pokemon's confused, what are those? Are those normal birds? Yeah, that's a good point. The bees, when Vespaquen attacks? They're just normal bees, yeah. they're not little cone bees. Yeah. Let's not oh, think about it too much, or everything will fall apart. I'm going to think but about it so much that I die. Why don't we ever see these other animals? Uh, we see in the anime Pidgey eating a worm, but the anime doesn't count. That's not canon. Anyway. Um, anyway. Anyway, about this game, I guess? No, it's not a game. Oh, it's, it is a game, but it's really a series of books. Or comic books? Uh, I think Psychic it's both. Just 
Psych adjustments are a psychological process where an additional set of compulsions force a change of behavior in the individual in question. So there's brainwashing. Is that your random page? No, sorry, I'm just flipping through the technology trying to understand, (laughs) like, what level of sci-fi we're talking about, and I feel like it might be, like, dystopian, like, 1984 in space kind of stuff. Mm. It seems bad. Yeah. Yeah. Also, although it's it also seems to be fetishizing military culture in yeah. a way that I normally would think of as like as fascistic. It's um weirdly like a gender neutral military in that kind of very nineties sci fi like Starship Troopers way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very VR Troopers. What? No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's very Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. Well, you'd be the other one who knows in the whole world. It's true, I've watched two episodes of that now. (laughs) Uh, I don't like- very boring. I don't like the really common trope, which I'm I'm just gonna guess applies to this, which is someone super rich and fancy uh, decides to go out and make it on their own, on their own uh, skills. You think that's what she's all about? Lady Dame Honor Stephanie Alexander Harrington? Oh, I see, because she's a lady and a dame. (laughs) Yeah. There ain't nothing I like a dame, I you're hear. allowed to do that. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's supposed to be it, right? She's supposed to be the fancy person who gets down and is a regular detective she gets or whatever. down and dirty. Promise, promise she gets of your down show and is. she gets funky. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, or maybe she earned those titles through military service? Oh my god, I found the best name. Her mentor, <laughs> her mentor in this whole thing is Admiral Raoul Cavoisier. <laughs> Oh my Love god, it. that's so good. Incredible. <laughs> these are definitely now I'm thinking that these are pornographic uh romance novels based on <laughs> well, that, that name. So many I know so many extremely sci-fi nerds that I'm I was surprised that I hadn't heard about this, but if it's pornographic, I can understand why they'd be ashamed to talk about it. Um I think when you Googled David Weber and found out he was a communist that you got a different David Weber, because the guy who wrote these books is a Methodist preacher. Uh oh. Oh damn. Yeah, David Weber must be a fairly common name, huh? Seems like it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, this, yeah, no. Yeah, it would be David quite Weber. surprising given the military fetishism and the weird, uh, a rich person slumming it angle if it was a communist person. I think he, um, I think he's one of those people who's uncritical about his extreme interest in military history. Yeah. Uh, We've had a few of those. Yeah, yeah that is. That werewolf author. Yeah, that werewolf guy. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> hate him. Do we hate him? Yeah, I'm going we to push, you know, push him in front of a bus. <laughs> you can't write a book with werewolves in the title and not well, have werewolves true. in it. Okay. Lying, that's just lying prick. I thought we were angry about him for personal reasons. But oh yeah, no, he also kicked me in the nuts last week. <laughs> just last week? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, he heard our David episode Weber. about him. <laughs> David Weber, the communist, is a lawyer from Boston. Oh, okay. awesome. All right, I got a random David page. David Weber, the author, is a author from... So. Oh, no, you're thinking of Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe he's a Stephen King... Um, uh, analog for when Stephen. Yes, that's the word I want. Yep. For when Stephen King wants to write with even weirder uh, names and plot lines. Yeah, when <laughs> his when he wants his sci-fi to be way stupider than it already is. <laughs> How if you were if you were an author? who was respected, who had to put work into your work. <laughs> How thrilling would it be to be like, I'm just going to write some weird military trash. 
Yeah, but the problem is that Stephen King would give it away because he would still self-insert into the novel. So yeah. then you'd be like, wait, why is David Weber writing a character named Stephen King who's an author from Maine? Yeah. I'm going to write some weird drugged out uh, pedophilia parts for this book. Oh, we know it's you, Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. we figured it out. We've solved your mystery. <laughs> uh, I got a random page for the character mm-hmm. Esme McKechie. Oh, no. Uh, Esme McKechie was a Manticoran citizen and an officer in the Royal Manticoran Marine Corps. Uh, I have Disney Plus, and I've been watching the Manticoran, and I really like it. Yeah, I really like that baby, uh, I don't know, chimera. Uh, Oh, I wish you'd pulled out something better than that. In 1921, Major McKechie (laughs) was the commanding officer of the RMMC detachment on the HMS Artemis, and that's all the information on the page. Yeah, this whole yep. series uses some new numerical chronological system <clears throat> that I have not clicked on to figure out why they're all, like, 1873. Post-diaspora. Oh, no. uh, the oh dias- did Earth blow up? Did the Earth yeah. blow up? Uh, we left Earth. Okay. Um, the dias- diaspora began in the year 2103 of our current, of the Common Era. Um, so this is... 1900 years. She was born in 1921 after 2103. So do that math. No. 2103 plus... Manticorn is a bad name for a thing. It should be Manticorian. Yes. Every one of these names is a bad name for a thing. When I look so, on any page and there's highlighted names, they're like Megan Hathaway. Mm, not great. Or Cordelia Ransom. <laughs> Very bad. Uh, so yeah, she's 2005 years in the future. Okay. Cool. No one cares. Um, <laughs> I do. The- the weirdest thing about, like, any sci-fi or world-building in general like this is that I always feel like the names, even though they're extremely stupid, mm-hmm. are also weirdly more thought out than they should be, yes. and that's why they seem so weird. There was once like, a My Brother, My Brother Me where someone said they wanted to change their name after they got out of college and they wanted to take the name Bishop, and they're mm-hmm. like, you can do whatever you want with your life, but everyone's gonna know you chose the name Bishop for yourself if you have that name, because it's so right. ridiculous and fanciful. Yeah. Like, this this culture, the Manticoran, I guess it's a planet? No, it's not made clear, but <laughs> the, the, it's a, some kind of kingdom called the Manticoran, like, and their symbol is a manticore. But that's not how things are named in the real world. Like, no one is ever like, okay, we're starting a new kingdom, let's name it Manticore so that we can have all of our symbols be Manticores as well. Like, you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna call this the Kingdom of Doug. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a thousand years later, it'd be like, oh, we need a symbol for the Kingdom of Doug. Uh, I don't know, I guess, like, uh, maybe three moles that live together in a colony underground and have, like, domed heads. Oh, I- A Doug trio? Okay, we're the Doug trio. (laughs) Yes! I'm seeing, um... The issue here is humans named all the. It looks like humans named these planets before they like settled them. So they named that whole star system Manticore, and then named all the planets after other mythology, like Sphinx and Griffin. But peop- that's not how people work. Because yeah. as soon as you settled there, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I guess this system is called Manticore. Or whatever. This planet though is called Kickassvania. <laughs> like, yeah. well, hold on. Is Kickassvania a better name for a planet than Sphinx or Perseus? Hold, hold on. For both of these, like those Kickassvania and Perseus, fine. Those sound great. The trouble is, what people will agree on is the lowest common denominator. That's why there's a million places mm. called Springfield because everyone can yes. agree on Springfield. Right. So there's going to be a planet named, like, X5. That's just going to be the name of a planet there, because people have agreed. And I feel like the kind of people who are uh, 
thumb-headed enough to lead military forces to conquer planets aren't the kind of people who are like, manticores are cool, though. I mean, that's how we name planets currently, is we just pick a mythology thing, like, when we find them. science nerds get to do it. Yeah, this is science nerds doing it. Yeah, this is military. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, as soon as a military person took it over, they'd be like, hey, fuck this nerd shit. This planet is actually called, like, Explosion. Right. The planet is named Patriot Eagle, and that's the fucking name of the planet. That's how it would work in real life. But keep in mind, this guy thinks the military is good guys. <laughs> I think he's imagining, like, if NASA became a space navy. Uh, I was going to say, the, the very name of the character lets you know some things, because it's Honor Harrington. It's, there's a, uh, I wish nothing. you could think of it's other good examples, but there's a very particular type of hero naming that involves a very fanciful first name, like people don't usually get, and the characters may be ashamed of it, and they go by a nickname. And then a last name that's just like a hard punching, like, regular, normal, not too ethnic, regular person name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I just say Honor Harrington, I barely know her Harrington? Is that anything? No. Almost. (laughs) You're close. We'll get you there, bud. We'll get you there. (laughs) cool. Don't worry. Um, uh, good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yes, Harrington is like... Ha- Harrington is one of those last names that seems like it would be very common, but I don't think anyone actually has it. Yeah, agreed. Oh, uh, what about famous actor Kit Harrington? Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. Though, it's very, Thanks. it's a very fancy name. Kit Harrington's family is very rich, and, like, the Carringtons were the family on, was it Dynasty? Like, it's a Richie kind of name, isn't it? Uh, Honor Harrington is very much like, it feels like a feminine version of all those noir names. Yes, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, like Slam Bradley. Yeah. But then Slam Bradley's real name is, like, uh, Romulus or something, but oh, he's ashamed. His father was a real uh, uh, classics nerd, you know? It's one of those things. Uh, Slam Slam Bradley's real name is Samuel Emerson Bradley. (laughs) Why Emerson? Uh, I don't know. He's fancy and he's ashamed of it. He's ashamed of his fancy roots. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I got a random page, which was Angela Clauser. <laughs> sure. Man, Angela Clauser was a Mason citizen and an officer in the Mason Planetary Peace Force. Hmm. In 1922, she held the rank of captain and was assigned as battalion intelligence officer on the staff of Colonel Stefan Renfrew. Mm, that, that's a Dracula's friend right there. <laughs> All of this stuff. Wait, is did bullshit. you say Stefan? That's Stephen. That's a oh, yeah, Stephen. Well, I wanted to emphasize that it's a PH. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Mesa, the Star these Nation. Names, these names could be regular human names, Stephen Renfrew, Angela Clauser, but something about them seems extremely phony, and I can't put my finger on what it is. Yeah, they definitely come off like um, European names from a Japanese anime. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the baseball names, but close. I think they are just all cobbled together parts of common names, but in a way that they just don't occur in language. Yeah. yeah. Like, you get the <laughs> like, feeling that no one's going to be named John anywhere on this wiki. Right. Maybe, like, Again, J-H-O-N. It, <laughs> it, it has that vibe of everything being just a little bit too thought out, like, yes. too intentionally done, yeah. so that you can see the, the seams. 
It's like the Uncanny Valley. Like, if he put 40% less thought into naming things, it would be way more realistic. Yeah, but what's very odd in the real world, if you think about it, is people put a lot of thought into the, what name they're going to give their baby. So why aren't real people's names as uh, overwrought as fan fiction names? Because the last name because is I just think- there. But even so, I, I think I I think what you said earlier about the lowest common denominator applies because oh, you're like, well, when I'm writing a book, I know what the character, the dumb character I'm going to make is going to be all about because they will only have one character trait because I'm a bad author, yeah. and so that's what I'm going to write about. Honor done. But like when you have a squirming like bug in front of you that may grow up into a human someday, you're like, I don't know what this kid is going to be. I guess I'll name them uh, John. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, and people do, I think, people worry. They're like, well, I can't name my baby Romulus. Everyone will make fun of me. Exactly. You don't have to worry about your kid being made fun of for being named Honor if it's not a real person. <laughs> yep. True. Uh, all of our random pages are characters from this world. Ex- I think almost all of the pages are they characters. They must be. So uh, my random page I have linked for you is Warner Castlet. Warner Castlet was a former Havanite citizen and officer in the People's Navy who went into exile and later became a Grayson citizen and an officer in the Grayson Space Navy. Oh, what this, is gobbledygook. this guy's a major character. He's got a whole goddamn he page does. here. He does have an entire biography, which I'm not going to read, but he's a wiry, dark-haired <laughs> man with hazel eyes. Was Grayson Tarzan's real last name? Greystoke. No, Greystoke. Stoke, that's the Grayson one. was Dick Grayson of Robin fame. Oh, yes, a Batman. Yeah, one of the Batmans. Yeah, he's one of the bat- yep. Batsmen. <laughs> yep. <sighs> this is... That would be actually... That would be actually amazingly good if you clicked on this protectorate of Grayson and their, like, coat of arms like they all have was just a picture of Batman. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no, 2,000 years of the future, there's a whole civilization based on Batman. Oh, that, that seems likely, though. It seems like that'll Maybe. just happen. <laughs> uh, the, and what's funny is that the people in that civilization will be the shittiest people. Yeah. Uh. I do like, I did click over to the protectorate of Grayson. I do like that their flag is just <clears throat> two cross swords over an open book on a blue background, because that seems as boring and inscrutable as a lot of real world flags. Yeah. I guess, but it seems also extremely this kind of author, yes. where they're yes. like, they think of themselves as cool military, but also they really love books and nerd shit. Yes, it's not just two swords, it's like two katanas. <laughs> That's true also. It reminds me of that last scene from Game of Thrones where all of the characters Spoilers. were reading the book Game of Thrones oh, yeah. and were like, oh, this is such a good book that you wrote. <laughs> Basically, J- George R.R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, that a, is that a real thing that happened on the show? <laughs> That really happened. No, that's a lot of fun. It was Uh, uh, Tarly who wrote the book, so they were all looking at their parts in it. Makes sense. This is like, um, before he sold it, George Lucas intended Star Wars to be a story being recounted by R2-D2 to someone in the distant future (laughs) of the world. Of our world? Of of the Star Wars world. Because it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so maybe it could be our world, or our time at least. Yeah, it's- How amazing would it be if the end of the last Star Wars movie was that the planet they were on was blowing up, and so they put R2-D2 under a Superman cape in a pod and (laughs) shot him into space. And then he lands on Earth and tells Star Wars to George Lucas, and that's the end of the last movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> that would I be so good. I'm imagining a robot growing up in Smallville and going undercover <laughs> as a reporter. Yeah, <laughs> you can't tell that uh, mild mattered uh, Clark Kent is Superman because he wears glasses on his bucket head. <laughs> Over his one oh. laser eye. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Somebody keeps overriding all the computers in this town oh. to save people's lives. I don't know who that could be. Some kind of superhero, I guess. Anyway, Clark, let's go get lunch. <laughs> Beep, <bop. laughs> oh Christ! <sighs> he's telling the story. Uh, he's like, "All right, so first we're on this desert planet." He gets to the end of that. And he's like, "Oh wait, hold on. I should go back and tell you how we got here." That's how the prequels Wait, happen. A lot of this is going to be CG cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I have to tell you about uh, this weird racist rabbit that we met 30 years before that. <laughs> and the person's like, I don't think I need to hear about that. He's like, no, no, you need to hear a lot about the fast this. Forward button All right, cool. I'll skip 10 years ahead. Uh, I'll tell you how that little boy fell in love with that adult woman that he met. <laughs> well, now that we know that Yoda, when he was 50, was still a baby, <laughs> Brings a whole lot of things into question. Uh, is that knows? confirmed as Yoda? Because I heard it wasn't confirmed. It's, it's Yoda. It's that? not Yoda. How do you know it's that? Not Yoda. But when they find this, when they find this baby Yoda of the race of Yodas, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, this Yoda is fifty years old, but it's still a baby." Which means all of that race are fifties, are babies until they're at least fifty. Mm-hmm. I'm so Yoda was a baby when he was. 50 How do you years know old. that's not Yoda? Because it takes place nine years after Yoda died. Does it? Yeah. I yes. thought this was a prequel. Is this not a prequel? No, it takes place between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, Baby Yoda is the best thing happening in culture right now. Can I just say that? <laughs> sure. Everyone is so excited about this picture of uh, Amy Sedaris holding Oh, man. Baby Yoda. Amy Sedaris is so good it. in the new episode. She loves the Baby I Yoda. I have not watched... I have not watched anything since the first episode because I found it incredibly boring, and I'm I'm considering watching it just for this Amy Sedaris thing, but she's not going to be what I want her to be, which is her character from, like, any of the shows she's been on. Her character Strangers from, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> she's like a hard scrabble mechanic. Hmm. Yeah. She's not going to be funny in the way that I want her to be, though. Yeah, probably not. All right, are we done with this? I think so. so. I would like to go shower and leave my house. It's like a swirl of uh, junior ROTC stuff for me in my head. Yeah, uh, there's. It's weird to me how many people who are nerds who would never survive in the military really fetishize the military. Yeah, I guess because their family were from the military, and then that clearly wasn't going to work out for them. But then they still look up to it, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. Which is fine if that's how you work out your family issues. <laughs> good. I'm glad that you're doing something creative with it. Yeah. Anyway, sci-fi is stupid. Also fantasy. <laughs> yes, we can say that because we love these things, so we hate them also. Yes, exactly. In the same way that I think that video games are stupid, but I love them, mm-hmm. everything is stupid. Yeah. Everything but is stupid and you... nothing hurts. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> is this a Radiohead song? <laughs> okay, anyway, thanks Jeff's everyone for listening. done. <laughs> What's this? I said Jeff is just done. I have very little to add to any of these proceedings for the most part. Well, what you could do is add a Radiohead song at the end of the episode. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Jeff. Okay, cool. Yeah, can you add that to the end of the episode, Louisa? Um, yes. Yeah, Louisa, do I that. Will. Okay, uh, thanks for listening. None of you listen, so you'll never know. <laughs> um, thanks for everyone. To do it. Thanks for everyone. Thanks for <laughs> thank Guy. You.
Thanks, Thanks, guy. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes, and please tell your friends all about it. That's the best way that we can grow. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. You can find us uh, on, you, know, you can email us, seeingreddit at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon.cloud. You can contact me on Snapchat and Instagram, JeffJK, Mastodon.cloud slash at JK. You can message any of us to get an invite to your Discord where you can see pictures of food we make or our animals. Um, and talk about how bad the episodes are. Yeah, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Tell me what you think is a soup. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, come join that Discord. We always have good discussions there, and it's very fun. Even if people think that the show's bad, I agree with you, so I won't fight you. <laughs> we'll be on the same side here against those evil people who keep making the show. It's unclear who they are. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're being trapped here by them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We we invoked some kind of genie's curse, yeah. and we're, we're forced to do this. For a genie's curse? Do genies mm-hmm. curse yeah. people? I guess in the traditional sense they do, like like actual gin. And I feel like there's a lot of stories of genies like giving you a wish that's actually a curse. Yeah, yeah like that genie with the monkey's paw. Yeah, they get Next. bored of granting your wishes, and then they start granting the things you didn't want instead to entertain themselves. I mean, anything that grants your wishes at some point is going to be like it would be way funnier <laughs> if I just did exactly the letter of what he said instead of the spirit of what uh, he said. Like, oh, I wish I had a ham sandwich, and he grants the wish, and you just feel full. And he's like, "Yeah, you had a ham sandwich half an hour ago. Wish granted." Yeah, you have a ham sandwich where your heart. Needs to be. <laughs> you have yeah, to get one of those Ant- Iron Man things, but it's not the ham sandwich from moving your mind. Got mustard in it. <laughs> you have to keep pumping mustard into your heart all the time when you oh die. Oh my god, he blasts like uh, he blasts horseradish out of one hand and mustard out of the other. Oh man, I'm really glad I didn't end the episode. Before we all this. Iron right, ham. Anyway. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically... I'm sure that they've made that joke on Looney Tunes before. Oh, Christ. Okay, thanks for listening. Please come back next week. In the meantime, don't forget that I, I'm i a creep. I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? Okay, computer. It's always different, but it's never good. Still true. <laughs> you should see the expansive arm gesture I do whenever I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can. What's weird is I see it every time. Incredibly.